Give a little, help a lot. Make getting back to school easier for families by paying towards their PEP lay-by. Give as little as 2 rand in-store or 20 rand online. Make a difference. Become a lay-by buddy today. Broadcasting worldwide, online, 24-7. Look at online. Welcome to Healthcare Hour with Colleen Quist. Another show, another week. I hope that you are not too cold, depending on where you are. Of course, we've got people joining us from all parts of the world. So you might be feeling quite toasty now in uh, the Northern Hemisphere, or you might be freezing in the Southern Hemisphere. But welcome. Thank you for joining us. As you know, Healthcare Hour is about healthcare professionals. It's about us understanding that healthcare professionals are people and that we need to improve the relationship between the the patient, the patient's family, and the healthcare professional. And it's also about us understanding that, as I've always said, doctors are people. They sit on the loo. They get hungry. They, gee, when last did they get something to drink? And they have families and things that are important to them as well. They're not just their careers. Today's guest is Dr. Brenda Kubeka, and she's going to be talking about her passions, specifically one passion, which today is patient safety, but we're going to hear more about that. But let's just say hello to her. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Colin, and uh, thanks for having me. Yes, awesome to meet you. But... When we come back, we're going to hear more about you from your bio point of view so that people know exactly who we're talking to. And then we're going to unpack this patient safety. But let's pop out for that break. The roads have emptied. Only us left. Kids sleeping in back. Cat's eyes shine bright. White lines roll by. The rhythm of the streetlights. Radio hums quietly. Brain starts. Hypnotic wipers. Pulling. Hot latte and apple pie. He's back into the darkness. Over 600 McDonald's open 24 hours. We are awake. You're listening to Wooga Online. Welcome back. You tuned to Healthcare Hour with me, Colleen Quist. You know that I am a coach, I'm a mentor. And I work with professionals on the other side of their title. So let's hear about Brenda, you've just met. Dr. Brenda Kebeka is a medical doctor, a researcher, and an entrepreneur. She is a founder and MD at Health IQ Consulting, and she recently co-founded Matched Media, a health communication company, and is also a founder of Women in Healthcare Summit, launched in August of 2022. She holds an MBA from Gibbs and various diplomas, including a professional certificate in media and medicine from the Harvard University, where she'll be pursuing a master's in bioethics in healthcare AR. She's finishing her PhD at WITS. You can see Brenda's everywhere. All right. Her current work focuses on strategic clinical risk management and ethics, she has worked in the public and public sectors at senior and executive levels, including advisory work. 
She has published academically and her opinion pieces are published in the US and locally. She's an African Leadership Initiative SA Fellow, a member of the Aspen Global Leadership Network, a member of council at the University of Limpopo and a board member at CANSA. So, Dr. Brenda, thank you. We are honored to have you come chat to us today. Looking forward to chatting to you uh, about something that's so close to my heart. Yes. Hey, so before we pop into what's close to your heart, let's find out more about Dr. Brenda, about Brenda, Brenda the person. Mm-hmm. Brenda the person is, yes. Yes, let's hear. <laughs> oh, so Brenda the person is a mom and a wife, a sister and an aunt and everything. And uh, she loves, um, you know, family and um, she cares a lot about people. And uh, maybe that's one of the reasons I'm also passionate about patient safety. And Brenda, the person is also a patient and uh, also have been harmed by healthcare itself. So this is something that is so close to my heart, you know, uh, talking about patient safety and how we can actually empower ourselves as uh, health professionals and also how we can empower families and patients to take an active part in their own care. So I love that in that you are lots of different roles, but you're also seeing how your different roles interact with each other and seeing different perspectives of the situation. Yes, and I always say that uh, sickness is a, a, a what? It, it's an equalizer because it doesn't matter who you are. The moment you're sick and you are vulnerable and uh, you depend on others to take care of you, it doesn't matter who you are. We all um, you know, have to succumb to the system. But at the same time, we have a responsibility of making sure that it's safe for people that are under our care. SA's lowest cost bank account is here. No monthly fees, no debit orders and free money transfers. Now you can do even more from your phone for free, like pay bills and buy airtime or data. And it works on any phone. Register via the ShopRite app or dial this number. Powered by ShopRite. More music. More inspiration. Vuga Online. So, yes, so welcome back. We were talking about patient safety. And what is patient safety then? Okay. Patient safety is basically a structured approach. And I always say it's a science of making sure that we reduce errors and uh, prevent harm uh, in the healthcare system. So it is basically ensuring that uh, patients are not harmed by uh, the care that they receive um, from either from um, health technology or from the health uh, professionals uh, making errors. Okay. Um, and then what you've said as well is, is that patients need to have more of an active role in their care. Mm-hmm. I find often that patients feel like they know nothing and the doctor knows everything. The health professional knows everything. They just arrive and they get told what to do. <laughs> Quite interesting. So uh, when I talk about patient safety, I want to start from um, the beginning, you know, when you form a relationship with the health professional. Firstly, it must be a relationship that is based on um, the truth and also trust. 
So patients can play an active role in their own safety by being truthful with regards to their, um, let's say, past medical history, the medication they're taking, whether it's over-the-counter medication, for some of it can actually give you uh, palpitations and stuff, you know, and there's uh, issues around uh, drug interactions. And um, so it's important for the patients to also um, be truthful about their recreational uh, substance use, whether we're talking alcohol or um, drugs, um, the various drugs that are out there, they have to be truthful and um, inform their doctors of that, including traditional medication, those that are on um, you know, traditional medication. Um, they have to uh, disclose that information again for their own safety and also to empower the health professional to make an informed uh, decision with regards to um, their care and uh, the medication that they would prescribe to them. Yes. Yeah, so it's really about, you know, mentioning everything as opposed to, oh, well, that's not important, this isn't important. And, I mean, just to give an example of that, I've been watching women share in a menopause group about different things for, oh, try this and try that and try the next thing. And I was thinking, oh, this thing interacts with that and this interacts with that and, you know, you can't just throw in, well, you know, have a, a glass of this and have a glass of that and have a, you know, and I was thinking, whoa, where's the medical care in all of this? Mm, yes. So, yeah, that is why it is um, so important because there are drugs that um, have a negative impact on the liver, which metabolizes or breaks down most of uh, medication in our bodies. Some drugs have an impact on um, the kidneys, etc. And uh, some of the medications, including uh, chronic, not chronic, traditional medication, have an impact on the thinning of the blood, etc. So if the health professional is not aware of that risk, they will not be able uh, to manage that risk uh, when they, you know, plan your care. So it's very important that yeah. um, all the information is shared. And I mean, even something as simple as, you know, grapefruit juice, it affects or impacts how blood pressure meds are absorbed. Yes, yes, yes. No, that's that's important. And yes. I think also the issues also around, um, you know, the multivitamins and uh, the protein shakes that people are taking. That's very important information yeah. because of the ingredients that you find um, in those uh, protein shakes, etc. I think what's happening is, is people think, oh, it's natural or, you know, can do no harm. It's healthy. It's a healthy something or other, or it's natural. Therefore, it can't do any harm without realizing that they're all chemicals and chemicals interact with each other. Yes. And I think just a simple example. I mean, if you think of peanuts or nuts, they are natural, but they're people who react to nuts. So yes. <laughs> natural medication will also come with some benefits and some risks as well. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to the idea of you meeting your healthcare professional or maybe you've met your healthcare professional. Mm -hmm. you, you're asking the patient to establish a relationship. You're asking the healthcare professional for the, let's put a relationship together. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, what is important is uh, obviously patients go to a health professional because they have a health problem. 
um, it's also important for them to take charge of uh, their health. So we've already addressed the issue around the history and the important information that needs to be shared with the health provider. But again, um, I want patients uh, to be so empowered and understand that they actually inhabit their own bodies. So uh, whatever symptoms they experience, even if they don't make sense to the next person, they will have to share that information. And uh, when uh, you get a response or an explanation that, um, you know, as a patient, you don't understand, one, because um, the health pr practitioner is using complicated and fancy medical language, you have to say that I do not understand. Say that you don't understand and be specific that um, you don't understand because of and, um, and, and allow the practitioner to, to actually address your concerns. But it's very important that you're not sure what um, the instructions that are being uh, provided or given to you and how you're going to carry them out. You have to say, if you are going to be prescribed, let's say medication that a doctor explains that it will cause drowsiness and you have to take it at night, and uh, you are a person that works night duty, so it means you're going to sleep at work. Um, the doctor is not going to know that until you say that, okay, my context, my situation is I work in the evening. So if I take this medication at work, it will have an impact because as a person that works in the evening, I will get into trouble and fall asleep at work. So that's why it's very important to have that relationship and uh, for the patients to ask the questions and uh, get clarity and also um, I mean, doctors see 20, 30, 40 patients a day. So every patient is different. So it's up, also up to the patient to highlight some of those uh, differences that may be lost in our day-to-day -day, uh, interactions with patients. Now, what you're speaking about, though, is, is a conversation that takes time. Mm -hmm. And I find that a lot of patients or a lot of people who are going to see a healthcare professional, they feel like it's rushed. There isn't time. It's basically six minutes. Who are you? What do you want? What do you do? Here's your medicine. Now run off. Mm -hmm. Or we'll send you for blood tests. Send you for blood tests. The blood tests say blah, blah, blah. Run along. Off you go. So mm -hmm. as a patient, how do you take ownership of the time of actually saying, no, we're going to have a conversation about lots of different things to to go into narrative medicine as opposed to like how fast can we do this medicine? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So I think it, it's going back to what I, what I uh, said previously with regards to raising the issues of concern. If I believe that um, my doctor is not, um, you know, uh, processing what I've, uh, the information that I'm, I'm giving to them, it's important for me to say, I feel like I am not being listened to. And I think this is important for me. It's important for me to know that uh, you are taking what I'm telling you into account. And it's important for me that when I walk out of here, I am able to explain to the next person, especially my family members and staff, as to what is actually wrong with me. Let's take, for example, someone that has a... Um, you know, major diagnosis, maybe it's cancer or some uh, lifelong disease. 
And uh, we know that patients, they come from families. They have people who care about them and they need to go back and be able to plan their lives and also be able to have conversations with those people that are around them so that um, they can plan as a family and they can also get support from the loved ones. And people can only support because they understand what is actually going on and what is the kind of support that is required and maybe how much time people will be away from work or when are they supposed to go for surgery, et cetera. So um, I always say that uh, we need, um, as doctors, to always remember that patients um, actually are family members and they come from a family and uh, we treat a patient in front of you, but there's also relational um, issues that we have to keep in mind that they are an employee somewhere. They are a mother and a husband and a wife. Okay, so let's go for that break. And when we come back, we're going to like delve more into you know, tips and tricks for patients because often they patients forget or they don't know things. But let's go for that break. At Grants, we believe all good things start with three. Yeah. Because three isn't a crowd, it's company. Three, it always starts the party. It's triple the characters, the moves, the memories. Grants, aged in three types of wood for a smooth taste. Triple wood, triple good. You're listening to Vuga Online Radio. Welcome back. You tuned to Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist. My guest today is Dr. Brenda Kubeka, and we are having a conversation about patient safety and how patients can play an active role in their care and not just be passive, not to just treat the healthcare professional as, oh, God, we don't argue with God. We just follow whatever the instructions are. And it's about taking ownership. It's about having autonomy of the actual situation. So what are some tips and tricks for patients? Okay. Uh, starting with um, when it comes to the history, and not everyone can remember the names of the medications they are on. And I always advise patients to take pictures. They can keep pictures on their phones or take uh, cut out um, the label and keep it in their wallets or purses to make sure that uh, when they encounter uh, the need to interact with the healthcare system, at least they have that information readily, um, readily available. And then when it comes to the actual visit, like you plan to go to, you go to the bank, you know already that you want to apply for a loan. So you bring with you your, whatever documents that are required to support that. So when you go to the doctor also, it's planning for that trip. What questions do you have before you even leave home? If it means jotting them down, jot them down so that you remember what are these um issues that you wanted to address with your health uh, professional. So my advice is plan and, uh, and uh, go to the visit uh, your health professional with questions that you want to ask and to make sure that they get um, addressed uh, before you leave. And then if you're in, in the hospital environment, um, we find that patients actually, they spend more time with the nurses than they do with the doctors. And for obvious reasons, because nurses are being the word all the time. 
And um, so you find question, patients will be asking, um, you know, they are uh, nurse professionals, uh, questions about uh, the surgery. Why am I going to surgery? Why do I need this surgery? Why am I being given this medication, et cetera, et cetera. So one, it could be an issue of um, the patient is not um, maybe confident enough. Uh, maybe there's other reasons that are causing them not to have the conversation with uh, their uh, medical professional. But for me, I always say the moment you have a lot of questions to ask the nurses, um, it means there is an you know, information asymmetry uh, between yourself and uh, you know, the doctor that is treating you. So one, it could, you could address it by when the doctor is around, ask those questions, make sure that uh, you have your list and your questions uh, get addressed. Or you can actually ask the nurses, please, can you raise this? Um, on my behalf with the, with the doctor so that when he gets around or she gets around, um, I can have these concerns um, actually, you know, addressed and, and these questions um, answered by the medical professional. We know that, um, you know, we come from different backgrounds, you know. Some people might not uh, feel comfortable to question what we call authority figures, of which maybe doctors could be looked at um, and be put uh, in that, um, you know, um, pedestal as authority figures, you know. So also, again, on the side of the health professionals, it's that awareness, which is a responsibility that we have of um, knowing or understanding the community that we serve. And we, um, we know and we expect or we suspect that people are not actually asking questions one, it's making them comfortable to actually do so. And then two, it's going an extra mile and providing that information proactively so that um, patients are involved in their own um, care and they understand what is happening to them and what is being planned or what will be done to assist them to get better. What I see so often, Dr. Brenda, is, is where the healthcare professionals giving the information but often in jargon, and it's in a way that is spoken about every single day. And I often say to, to medical reps, for instance, just because you do it every day doesn't mean that the person sitting in front of you does it every day. You know, mm -hmm. if you work in gastroscopes and colonoscopes, you're going to do dozens a day, whereas the person sitting in front of you is only going to have one mm -hmm. or maybe two. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the things besides every single industry has got jargon, it's also got, oh, we know how to do this. You know, it's a bit like if you, if you speak to someone who's making a cake, it's like, oh, you just do this and you just do this and you just do that. And people go like, huh, I don't understand what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's the, same in, it's the same in medicine. And it's even more, it's more emotional because the person you talk, who's being spoken to or spoken at, mm -hmm. they're involved in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um... I like using the phrase of uh, practicing medicine by body parts. Uh, like, for example, I have an ear problem and uh, the focus is on the ear only and uh, sort of disregarding the whole person that I am and the emotions that I bring. And obviously, if I've been harmed by the healthcare system, the fears that I have that uh, also need to be addressed. So... Um, that is why I, I, I advise patients as well to allow themselves to be vulnerable. If you are scared, you are fearful, say so. 
I am scared, I am fearful, and I'm not sure, I'm not certain, and these are the things I'm worried about, etc. Because sometimes um, the patients maybe just need to speak to someone that is not directly involved in the care, like a psychologist or a, you know, counseling social worker, to address some of the fears maybe that have nothing to do with uh, you know, what they are suffering from and the care itself, etc., Maybe it's just a fear. What if I leave my only child alone in this world where it's, you know, there is no one uh, from my family that I can count on and stuff like that. That makes patients to seem as if they are overreacting to some of the stuff that you might see as routine and simple, you know. What I'm finding also from, from personal experience where my husband six years ago had his prostate removed, I'm finding there with going with him um, where the, the first few healthcare professionals didn't sit with him and explain, well, this is what a prostate is. This is what a prostate does. This is where the location, um, you know, and from a cancer point of view, here are your options. And yes, I would recommend that you do X, Y, Z, or I would recommend that you do ABC. But yeah, what we found, it was almost like the conveyor belt of zoom, on you go on the conveyor belt, and he literally got passed from one person to the next. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for this little irritating wife who said, uh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then that particular doctor looked at me as if to say, well, oh, dear, you're one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's, no, it's, it's important, yes, that you read up, that mm-hmm. you know, that you are part of your own treatment, of your own diagnosis. Yes. It's so true, especially for uh, people who have access to the internet. And um, uh, it's important, one, to ensure that uh, the information is from a credible uh, source. So not everything that's on Google is uh, reliable. So, um, yeah, the source must be credible and uh, try and empower yourself as much as you can. And I think it's also important to ask from your treating uh, service provider is if I want to know more about my medical condition, where should I read about it? Or what can you send me, you know? And uh, just making sure that uh, whatever information that you consume is um, reliable and, um, and, yeah, reliable and credible as well. So, yeah, so, so um, yeah, it's important that we, uh, you know, advise patients to be active in their own care. It is unfortunate that um, if I think mainly like the public sector and uh, the context in the public sector, the high volumes of patients and uh, the long working hours and other challenges that uh, health professionals actually uh, face um, that, you know, forces uh, them to um, spend less time with patients because of uh, the huge demand, et cetera. But again, um, when uh, patients are not sure, they have the right to be asking those questions. They have a right to be listened to and they have a right to, uh, to, to be provided uh, care uh, that is safe, despite some of those challenges that we, we really have to acknowledge that uh, they exist, especially in our public uh, sector uh, facilities. So what I'm hearing you saying is the healthcare professional taking time to care and the patient taking time to be invested in their own health. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. 
Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so when it comes to um, patience, there is no stupid question, you know. The moment you are not certain and uh, you have uh, questions about medication, about procedures, et cetera, et cetera, you have every right. You're not a medical professional to sound stupid. If it sounds stupid, trust me, you have a right to sound the part and to raise whatever concerns and questions that, um, that you have. So what, you, what you're asking people to do is to not be passive. That if, for instance, someone goes, you go like, what? No, back again. I don't understand. Start again. (laughs) What's happening? Yeah. Yes. So uh, it is that. And then including, uh, let's say you're in hospital and you know that you get your uh, IV uh, injection every eight hours and then 12 hours pass and you don't get, it's again, taking active part in your care and asking the questions. I'm aware that I'm getting my medication every eight hours, 12 hours has passed. What is happening? I mean, that is part of being active in your own care and ensuring that the care is safe should there be lapses in the health system. And to your point there also, um, you know, you're lying in hospital and you know that you get four white pills. And suddenly you get four white pills and a yellow pill. Don't just blindly take it. What is this? Whose pill is this? Where did it come from? What is it? What does it do? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we've seen uh, medical errors happen in in, in hospitals, like uh, patients who are not not supposed to be getting a blood transfusion. They end up being uh, transfused. And uh, you can... Yeah, only ask, um, you know, yourself, what did the patient say when they put up that IV uh, line and they were putting up a drip? But again, it's it's it's, it's that understanding of uh, not all patients will uh, voice their concerns and stuff, but it's so important um, that they start doing that and ask the questions. The doctor didn't say anything about me getting a blood transfusion, and I'm not here for a blood-related medical condition. Why am I getting the blood, you know? So that is what we're talking about when we uh, refer to patients being active in their own care and making sure that they also receive safe care. But you can see, you know, after the break, we'll talk about the checks and balances, you know, things like uh, patient Brenda, what are you here for? No, well, I'm here to have my ear seen, okay? And then the next person says, patient Brenda, what are you here for? And then you're very irritated because, for goodness sake, isn't it on the form? But it's a way of checking that you actually Mm -hmm. get your ear sorted as opposed to let's remove your toe. That is so true. And just making sure that, yes, this is Brenda indeed, you know? And, uh, yes, it might sound irritating and, like, you have my file, so why ask me my name? You just yeah. want to make sure that we're taking the right person to theater for the right <laughs> procedure. Yeah. Mm. And off goes the person to have the ear sorted. And then they go, I don't know why they kept on calling me Brenda. I'm Susie. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it may sound irritating, but there's a reason behind that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go for a break. And then in our last session, we're going to be talking about what does go wrong. Um, and, you know, what's in place for it to to be caught at some point. 
Join Discovery Bank to experience the most innovative digital banking products and features at your fingertips. Open your account in minutes and transact immediately with your free virtual card. Get more from your money, pay less interest on your credit and earn more on your savings. Enjoy smart ways to pay medical expenses and get flexible gym visits with Vitality Pay as You Gym through Discovery Pay. Track your spend with our smart budgeting tools for a real-time view of your finances. Get all this and more. The future of banking now. Vuga, it's time to wake up with Vuga Online Radio. Welcome back. You tuned to Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist. My guest today is Dr. Brenda Kubeka, and she is healthcare. She's very much passionate about healthcare ethics and risk. Yes, because with all healthcare and ethics comes risk. And she's been talking to us about patient safety. And that gone are the days where the patient needs to just be passive in their care. They must be actively involved. When the person says, hello, um, patient Brenda, you can't be saying, no, but that you need to say, that's not my brain. Oh, you know, what procedure are you coming here for? You need to, to actively be involved. No, but I don't think so. Why am I getting a yellow pill? I don't normally have a yellow pill. So what are the things you know, the the things that do go wrong, you know, from a legal mm-hmm. point of view, from an ethical point of view, what are you seeing? Okay. Um, because we're talking patient safety, so um, I'll focus on, on, on what's relevant to what we're talking, to, uh, we're talking about today. So things do go wrong. Things uh, do go wrong because uh, doctors are human beings. And uh, it is not unique to South Africa. I mean, states are the World Health Organization does mention that 10% of uh, patients that are admitted in hospitals actually get harmed by healthcare itself. And outside of the hospital, it's actually a higher um, rate, which is about 40%. And yet 80% of those uh, errors and adverse events that actually take place are preventable. And uh, of the 10% that I spoke about in hospitals, about 50% of them are actually uh, preventable. So um, if we think of, uh, let's start with medication errors. So uh, medication errors could be medication that's given to the wrong patient because the patient was not properly identified. And uh, it could be um, wrong patient again because maybe uh, the medication was prescribed on the wrong chart not of that patient and uh, then uh, we get uh, medication errors and patients with allergies being prescribed a medication with uh, ingredients that they're allergic to and uh, that also those are the errors that actually uh, take place and uh, it does happen that um you know, when uh, medication is prescribed uh, per kilogram, like based on the weight of the patient, et cetera, uh, and it gets uh, miscalculated and patients get more or less than what they're supposed to be getting. But the checks are there because um, in the ward, the nurses are supposed to check against a senior nurse just to make sure that um, especially your high-risk medications are being administered to the right patient, including blood. There must be a second person that checks that. And then uh, the dosage and the calculation of, calculation of the dosage um, that, I mean, the pharmacies uh, and the pharmacists in the hospitals are also involved and uh, they must be double checking within uh, the healthcare team 
And the doctor also has a responsibility of making sure that the patient is actually getting the right um, dosage of uh, the medication that they are being um, given. And then um, if we think of, uh, you know, like surgical, surgical errors, it could be wrong procedure, wrong patient. And uh, we've seen um, a case in South Africa and also overseas. I mean, the head of the department um, in an academic institution cutting on the right side of the body instead of the, you know, the left side. And obviously, there are contributing factors in the system that actually led to that. That is why um, we encourage, um, you know, uh, doctors and nurses to use what we call a surgical checklist that um, was developed by the World Health Organization that starts with just asking the patient, confirming if you have the right patient in front of you, and uh, if they know what procedure they're going for, and then you'd be able to identify if you've planned uh, for a toenail removal and this patient is in a theater for a, an ear procedure. So uh, those are some of um, the safety measures that have been put in place including, you know, patient ID bands and just making sure they have the correct patient's name and the procedure. But now we know that uh, the world has gone digital. So there's also technological tools that can be utilized to enhance um, patient uh, safety in, 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 in hospitals or in healthcare in general. Um, if we think of medical litigation, uh, we cannot uh, talk about it without touching on women's health and, um, you know, pregnant women and um, adverse outcomes um, related to that, whether it's uh, issues uh, related to delayed care, uh, but delayed care, it could be delay in seeking care, which we see in some of the rural areas, or the delayed care when the early warning signs were there that something is wrong, but the care was not provided on time, hence uh, compromising whether the health of uh, the pregnant woman or the health of, um, of the unborn child and, um, yeah, and, and that having an impact on uh, clinical outcomes and maybe the general well-being of uh, you know, the newborn baby. That's why some of the children, we see uh, high numbers of children with uh, cerebral palsy. Um, yeah, and, and uh, having uh, some disabilities as a result of the care um, or substandard care that was provided uh, during labor. So those are some of the examples. So what are you saying to the public then? Because all of us sitting listening who are the public, um, at some point you become the patient. At some point you become the patient's family. Mm-hmm. And just to be aware that Healthcare does not have a hundred percent. It's mm-hmm. it's basically, as you said, you use the stats of ten percent of patients are harmed by healthcare in hospitals, and forty percent of patients are harmed by healthcare out of hospitals. Mm-hmm. And so you're really asking people to play an active role, to be aware, to be awake, to ask questions. Definitely. Um, I like the example that you used that uh, you know that you take four white tablets and then the next day there's four white tablets and two yellow ones. Um, Yes, we have to um, ask those questions. 
and uh, you have been, you know, you had a conversation with your treating doctor and uh, the care plan was discussed with you. But when you get to the ward and you see something different being done, you have the right to ask that uh, my doctor said um, I will get a tablet in the evening and once a day. Why am I being issued a tablet in the morning or in the afternoon? And ask those questions to make sure that um, you are getting um, the care that you should be getting and um, that it's safe and um, errors are prevented before they can actually reach uh, you or they can reach um, patients. Yeah. And so it's really about sitting there and like then saying, okay, I'm not taking these yellow pills until I hear from my doctor as to what these yellow pills are. I'm not taking them. And of course, you might get the, oh, that's such a difficult patient. She's such a pain in the neck. But at the end of the day, it could save your life. Yes, yes, no, definitely. Um, patients that are empowered um, are not difficult patients, but they ask the questions and they force us to answer those questions. Yes. And also just to make sure that uh, we're doing the right thing. So um, I want to encourage patients to actually be active and ask questions if you're not sure. And if you've been provided the care that you're not expecting, the next thing there's a physiotherapist that is coming to provide physio and you're in hospital for an ear procedure, you have the right to ask, why am I yeah. receiving physio? And uh, yes, and, and, and get it, um, you know, addressed. Maybe yeah. they went into the wrong bed, you know. So we have to ask those questions mm. and encourage patients to actually ask the questions. And then also to think about it, you might be thinking, oh, I get extra physio for my ear. But <laughs> maybe the patient who's meant to be getting the physio isn't getting the physio now. So you, you're depriving them of their care because you're gobbling it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is so true. Um, yeah, so patient safety is, um, is, is, is very important. At the same time, we also need to acknowledge that um, healthcare also has side effects. I mean, you go to theater for a procedure. If they cut you, you are going to have pain afterwards. Yeah. There's also a risk that you may bleed uh, more than what is expected. And you may suffer from uh, post-op, um, you know, operation um maybe infection, you know, but we have a responsibility of making sure that um, the infection is kept minimal or there is no infection that uh, patients actually get from healthcare. But we know that these things happen. And uh, again, patients also come to the healthcare system with pre-existing medical conditions that they may not even be aware of, you know. So um, healthcare is not um, 100% Perfect. We know that you take a partner, some people will react to it, and some people will enjoy the pain relief from a panado. Um, so, yeah, we need to keep that uh, in mind. And when those things happen, you develop a rash or, you know, uh, or, or some sort of side effect. It's not intentional. It's because, again, individuals and people are not uh, the same, and they will respond to uh, medications uh, differently. Yes. So you're calling on people to be empowered, to be educated, to ask questions, to not just accept and blindly, I was told to do that and so I did it. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're calling on that and also calling on uh, the colleagues to listen uh, to the patients 
And again, I'm saying patients inhabit their bodies. So they may experience symptoms that don't make sense. And because, yes, we expect that a patient with hypertension will complain of, you know, a headache and this and that. But it's also just keeping in mind that some of uh, the patients will present differently and uh, have symptoms that uh, probably may not make sense, but maybe symptoms that are also pointing that there are problems somewhere else. Hence, um, there is a need to work with others in healthcare so that we can discuss uh, patients and uh, complex cases or refer to uh, others who are skilled um, in those specific areas. And I think also a lot of patients would say, but I didn't tell you because I didn't know it was important. You didn't ask. Mm-hmm. And patients aren't skilled in giving histories of, right, well, let's start off with, you know, we'll go back to 1920 when I was born. And then we were like, you think, oh, don't have 17 hours now for you to get through each. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's also about how healthcare professionals can be, become targeted. And then, as you've said, also, Brenda, it's about that each patient is not the same. Each patient is unique. Mm-hmm. And so don't just slot the person into the recipe of, here you are right now, next step is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, for example, um, if uh, you're treating someone my age as a medical pro- professional, if I don't say anything, let's say about hormone replacement therapy, just based on age, it's a question that could be asked directly mm-hmm. that I do on, uh, you know, hormone replacement therapy, et cetera. So uh, it's, it's basically, you know, the patients can play their role and also from uh, a health uh, professional. I mean, I think uh, colleagues, they try their best to get as much history as they can possibly can from patients and their families. So thank you so much for joining us. I think it's just allowing people to have their eyes opened to medicine is not perfect. Medicine can harm. Healthcare can harm. But let's not add ignorance and being um, asleep to the possibilities and being unempowered, if that's a word, disempowered, some kind of not empowered, <laughs> um, of, of saying, you know, play that active role. Yes. So to the patients, again, I'm saying, you have the right to ask the stupid questions. I am going to say there are no stupid questions. You are not a healthcare professional. So ask those questions. And uh, if it doesn't make sense because we use jargon or for whatever reason, ask for it to be clarified and to be simplified so that you're able to explain it to the next person. And you also understand what is actually going on and what is planned for that. And to the family members, um, like uh, Colin, sometimes you uh, go to uh, accompany your family members to, um, you know, the doctor's appointment and stuff. Again, you're sitting on the side and uh, you should also support and uh, provide information. You find that sometimes patients are not aware of uh, some of the symptoms they have, but the people around them, they actually notice that uh, maybe, you know, the half of his face now and again, it drops. I mean, you as a patient, probably you don't even see that. 
So there's also valuable information that uh, family members can actually uh, relate to a healthcare practitioner. So I'm also encouraging them to, um, to volunteer that information and also to ask the questions. Because again, when you go back home, you are going to be supporting the patient. So the more empowered you are, the better for the patient and the family as well. So thank you so much, Dr. Kabeka. You have given us lots to think about, lots to like waking us up to be aware. So this mm-hmm. is always good. And as you said, there are no stupid questions. And if you think it's a stupid question, ask it anyway. Yes. Now, thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you. All right. So you have been tuned to Healthcare Hour with Colin Quist. Remember that you are loved, you matter, and you're not alone. And we'll see you next week.